0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Cumming, Georgia, it's time for FOCO Talks, brought to you by the Forsyth County Chamber of Commerce. Hello and welcome to Foco Talks, the official podcast of the Forsyth County Chamber of Commerce. We are broadcasting live from the Forsyth Business Radio X studio here in Forsyth County, Georgia. I am your host, Laura Stewart, and I serve as the Vice President of Community Development for the Chamber. Today, I am joined by the President and CEO of the Chamber, James McCoy. He will be conducting an interview with Lynn Jackson, COO of Northside Hospital, for Scythe, to give our listeners exclusive insights into the history of our local hospital and what the future looks like for both it and our community. Welcome to the show. I will now turn it over to you, James.
1: Well, Lynn, thank you for joining us. We're... uh i uh, glad that you're here, and uh, we're, we're really talking today, you know, about the 20th anniversary of Northside Hospital in Forsyth County, and uh, so take us back 20 years ago. I mean, I've been here 18 years, so not quite that entire period of time, but so take us back 20 years ago. What was the landscape like then? What what was healthcare like in Forsyth County? What Was the hospital like? And what, what was the, the picture like then?
2: Well, I guess I'd take us back, James, maybe a little bit further to say that Forsyth County has a very rich history of strong community-based physicians who provided care to residents in our community in hospitals that were in the county dating back to about 1946 at the Mary Alice Hospital. But if we fast forward that to 2002, we had a very small but mighty medical staff of about 175, which has now grown to about 850. But the hospital was undersized for the growth that was already happening in the county. And the staff of about 300 employees had no idea that 20 years in the future, their ranks would swell to over 3,000. Um, there were many residents, if you think about that time in Forsyth County, a lot of our residents um, had moved here from, you know, the metro Atlanta area and parts beyond, and many had established relationships with their health care providers in other communities elsewhere, so they were driving right by our facility to go where they were more familiar and comfortable. So we had to establish them as our new patients. Um, But we had very limited services then um, with only three operating rooms, 10 rooms in our ER, and only really 41 beds at that time. The outpatient services were limited to physical therapy, surgery, and a very small amount of radiology services. So we were very different than we are now.
1: Well and and speaking of I mean because we were so different then I mean the community is completely different now I mean, I just think in 20 years all of the other changes that have gone on so what do you think like what did Northside see in Forsyth County and see in the community then that I mean it's a it's been a huge investment and a long term investment and and so what what did Northside see then that opened these doors.
2: That's a great question, because I think that even then people were questioning, why would anybody want to put a hospital here? But (laughs) (laughs) lucky for us, um, the growth, Northside really saw that the growth in Metro Atlanta outwards to communities like Forsyth, Cherokee, Dawson, Lumpkin, those were all growing communities. The same growth really that Northside saw when they developed the first health park in Metro Atlanta in Alpharetta back in 1991 which doesn't seem that long ago but back then there were no health parks uh kind of up in that area it was seen as way far out from the perimeter yeah. so um you know I think that Northside had that vision even then and they extended it on up to Forsyth County when they saw the opportunity
1: tell us about you know some of the uh, I know uh, for example Mr. Everett Bennett was part of that conversation tell us about some of the people that were involved then and and the the decision making that went into that I know it was no accident I mean there there and even the site uh, uh there at uh uh exit 14 and and how how that because of course that's you know we we all take it for granted that's where the hospital is but that's not been the case prior to 20 years ago
2: That's right the hospital was originally you know in its location owned by you know really since 1956 as a Hill Burton Hospital it was um, bought by Georgia Baptist in the early 90s and so um, Georgia Baptist had invested some into that that facility but knowing that the community was growing and that a new facility would be needed they were already thinking towards growth uh, they were of course in several small communities throughout the the um, you know the Georgia market but uh they were really using sort of a more of a hub and spoke model which meant that they were using a lot of small facilities to help lead their charge down at the Georgia Baptist Medical Center which um Tenet bought from them in 1996 so it kind of changed the landscape a good bit of what Georgia Baptist wanted to do but they still you know invested in this facility in Forsyth County so their board um began the process in the late 90s kind of I guess mid 90s really to start thinking about we need to replace this hospital and luckily there were some very good and very smart people who were great planners and they thought very hard about where should where's a good location and even though Georgia 400 at that time was not as nearly as busy not as nearly as grown up and believe it or not Georgia 20 was only two lanes yeah. um, they thought Right there would be a great location, and there was a farm that the Howard family owned, and they were generous in selling that to George Baptist, and that became the site for the new hospital, and it created a great vision for the community about a hospital being in that location. So Georgia Baptist Board and, you know, I think the community leaders at that time, uh, Mayor Gravit, were very, very instrumental in making sure that the certificate of need was approved for the hospital to be moved to that site. And then along came, you know, the sale needing to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, 2001, Georgia Baptist decided to get out of the business of health care, direct health care provision. And so the hospital was for sale. Tenant had a right of first refusal, but luckily it was a bidding process and Northside really wanted to be here. And they mm-hmm. outbid tenant and Wow. Here we are now, twenty years later, telling wow. that story.
1: Wow! Yeah, it could have turned out com- in a completely could have turned different out way. A completely yeah. Yeah, different right. story. So, when when you look back on on your your time there, what are the major milestones and um, in, in in those changes? When you look back, what are the what are the big benchmarks for you?
2: There've been so many; it's kind of hard to track them all down. But to think back, I would say that the opening of the first inpatient bed edition in February of. 2003, which allowed the hospital to grow to 78 beds, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it was big when it was just Mm -hmm. 41 beds. That was a big addition. But it ended up being the first of many bed additions, which resulted in our current complement of 396 beds. But you don't just do that overnight. You know, it's a process. And then we had the opening of the ER in late 2003 with 34 rooms, and we had a public safety room that we were able to provide that supported our public safety partners with a place for them to relax, take a break, write reports, have a snack, those kinds of things. And then I'd say the construction of our surgical tower, which is now I might add at 10 stories, but when we started it was just three stories and um, it was built in multiple phases. It allowed us some major milestones, including the expansion of our operating rooms, the addition of brand-new 24-bed intensive care unit. It also allowed us the addition of inpatient units that allowed us to specialize in patient care units like, for instance, oncology, intermediate care, cardiology. We, we began to have specialization. And then, of course, no conversation about construction milestones would be complete at Northside Forsyth if we didn't talk about the construction of our Northside Forsyth Women's Center um, and subsequent neonatal ICU
1: so and of course and i'm glad you're bringing that up because for a long time uh you certainly when i moved here one of the first things that people would talk about even our realtor was talking about was that there was not a facility in forsyth county to deliver a baby that you were going down 400 or to to another uh facility and and the the women's center and and its development and construction was a big turning point for the county on lots of levels so and and it felt like at the time that was a really a a major community initiative I mean it felt like even individual neighborhoods I think in some cases were were involved in that conversation so can you walk us through that time and and how the women's center even came to be how we went from being a county that didn't have that opportunity and that 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 offering to one that now has this world-class facility.
2: It's a great question because we, um, you know, most people don't understand, well, why didn't we just build one? But Georgia is a CON state, and CON, or Certificate of Need Program, is a state regulatory tool that controls the number of health care resources in any given area. So CON laws require a hospital or a health system to demonstrate community need before we establish or expand a health care facility or service. So Forsyth County at that time, um, that was about 2006, did not qualify to meet the need-based methodology. Ironically, James, because the OB needs of the community were being provided largely by Northside Hospital in Sandy mm-hmm. Springs. Yeah, yeah. So um, the community embarked on a uh, kind of a community-wide letter-writing campaign to support Northside for mm-hmm. Forsyth's application to the state to be granted the OBC com based on an exception to the rule. Now, the way this went is the exception was that the high volume of traffic on Georgia 400 was an impediment to the safe and timely transportation of Forsyth County pregnant women to the Northside Hospital Sandy Springs location. Um, letters of support really and truly poured in from the community members who told their stories of babies being delivered on the side of the road at Georgia Four Hundred during rush hour, all the way to mm-hmm. women who said they worried throughout their entire pregnancy about getting to the you know getting to the hospital to have a safe mm-hmm. delivery. Um, down to a patient who actually wrote to us and said she'd had a number of babies at Northside Forsyth, all of them were in the ER. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> um, you know, they all told yeah. the story, but the result of what became. Actually, the largest letter-writing campaign in the history of the state CON was that Northside Forsyth was granted the CON by exception and that the Women's Center opened in our county and was, you know, for the first time in 25 years, we had hospital-based OB services again. And by April of 2009, we had already delivered our first 1,000 babies. Wow. And now we deliver 3,500 babies annually. Wow. So... Wow. Obviously there was a need.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, clear well and, and it's probably one of the few times that traffic worked to our
2: advantage. <laughs> traffic did work to our <laughs> advantage that time.
1: But that's great. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. So you know, when you you, you look at the overall campus and, and its development beyond the women's center, what are what are some of the other um, moments and, and accomplishments that, that stand out for you?
2: Gosh, there's so many, but to name a few highlights, I'd say You know, the addition of on-site radiation oncology services, including the Gamma Knife, um, is is really a big one. Because radiation treatments are typically done daily in a course of anywhere from 20 to 40 treatments. And for patients in our community to not have to drive a long distance for that that kind of therapy was really a great milestone for us. And then you look at the addition of several medical office buildings on-site for our medical staff to be not only close to our facility, but also for our patients to have easy access to an array of medical specialties. We now have over a half a million square feet of medical office space on our campus, all of it, interestingly, occupied already. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And then we had the addition of the cardiac cath services, and this was truly a game changer. As patients who presented to the hospital with acute myocardial infarctions or heart attacks were able to be taken quickly to the cath lab and life-saving stents were placed by highly skilled interventional cardiologists these interventions were previously only performed in tertiary hospitals with open heart surgery capability and patients lost time and often heart muscle in traveling to facilities outside of our county so you can see where that really had a big mm-hmm. impact mm-hmm. on you know, making us a healthier county. Yeah, And then I'd say probably the next one would be, you know, for me thinking about it, the transition of total joint replacement surgery to the outpatient arena. In 2014, we began a program called Fast Track Total Joint Surgery um, so that patients with hip or knee replacements could have preoperative education, intraoperative, multimodal anesthesia, and postoperative physical therapy to facilitate same day discharges, which allowed patients to return home, believe it or not, walking the same day. Mm -hmm. And so um, the specialized surgeons who pioneered the surgery, you know, and the surgery techniques that allowed that process to work are still at Northside Forsyth. And interestingly, since that time, we now boast the shortest length of stay in the country. And our program was ranked number one by uh, in georgia by health grades in 2022 so wow. you can see how that really changed the landscape absolutely. all of those programs for our community
1: yeah that's incredible uh, that's absolutely incredible i mean to think to, in that period of time going from a, a community that we we couldn't deliver babies to now <laughs> you know leading the nation and, and joint replacement is just amazing so that's that's incredible so so um let's <laughs> jump subjects a little bit um you know uh I, I I feel like um, when I refer to 2020 and and healthcare, I always feel like I'm, you know, uh, the the pandemic whose whose name shall not be spoken. Uh, but uh, you know, Northside and 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 your leadership, just your individual leadership, but but also Northside as an as an institution, and Northside Hospital for Sight, quietly led our community through this exceptional time and delivered. Unbelievable care. You know, we we were so fortunate in many respects compared to many of our neighbors, and I think so much of that is attributed to the work that you and Northside did. But when you look back now that we've had a uh and I know we're not out of the woods, but when when we've had some time between that those early days and now, when you look back at that, you know, what um what are some of the, the things that that your takeaway Uh, is in you know from 2020 and and what are some of the things that that you came away with and and looking back at that and the service that Northside uh, uh, provided this community.
2: Wow yeah I think we all are defining our lives now as before the pandemic and after Mm -hmm. the pandemic it's hard to tell what happened during the pandemic Mm -hmm. but but in fact the COVID-19 pandemic it precipitated some extraordinary challenges for hospitals and health systems and the communities that we served, obviously, as of, you know, February 22, when you're talking about the pandemic in itself, there've been nearly 80 million confirmed cases of COVID-19 and over 900,000 reported deaths um, and over 4.5 million inpatient admissions with COVID-19 in the United States alone. So since the onset of the pandemic, Hospitals and health systems like ours have stood what we consider to be the front on the front lines of caring for America's communities. So to me, it's never been more apparent than during the ongoing pandemic that America's hospitals and health systems are truly the cornerstones in the communities that they serve. You know, we all experienced an immersion into a darkness, so to speak. You know, the darkness of the unknown. It was ushered in by the pandemic that came to us with such great force that if you think about it, I mean, it had the whole world reeling with Mm -hmm. its impact. And for our community, we feel that the hospital represented a light that was shining in the darkness of that time. So through the work of the physicians, staff, and community, there were coordinated efforts and collective progress that sustained us with things like our community vaccine uh, you know, clinics yeah, that we yeah, did together, yeah. our drive through COVID testing, things like that allowed us to develop and strengthen not only our level of resilience, but it helped us emerge from the darkness with lessons learned and relationships strengthened. But one important thing we did learn was that the frontline healthcare workers were labeled as heroes for their efforts during the pandemic. And don't get me wrong, we appreciated that moniker, but Many struggled with the compliment because it implied that they possessed like a superhuman strength. In caring for sick patients with COVID-19, healthcare you know workers, they experienced the very human emotions of vulnerability, fear of bringing the virus home to their families, and quite frankly, guilt at not being able to save all the patients. Although the culture of service is certainly a positive attribute, for healthcare professionals, and, um, but it can in and of itself obscure what we think is our human need for support, and that can lead to burnout and misplaced emotions. So we've been able to provide easy-to-access mental health resources that, you know, are for our staff and for our, all of our providers that that will remain permanently in place at Northside Hospital for Scythe and throughout our Northside system. But in addition, I think that we can honor the people we lost to COVID-19 by learning from the experience that we had in ways that could benefit all patients and families. For example, we used um, we learned that we can use electronic devices to allow the healthcare team and the patient to communicate with friends and family who are not in the local area, or because patients. Uh, may not be allowed to have visitors because of their health precautions. So we can increase participation in family conferences electronically and reduce the need for people to travel sometimes and to all get on the same page about a health care plan. We also learned to modify technology for the best use, including uh, this I thought was very ingenious. Uh, we deployed hundreds, literally hundreds of baby monitors into the COVID patient rooms um, so that we could conserve our PPE while still being able to observe our patients and mm. speak with them, and so in a nutshell, I guess I would have to say that what we learned, you know, sort of a way to paraphrase from a famous quote by Christopher Robin is, um, we're probably braver than we believe, stronger than we seem, and smarter than we think. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that's, that's the carry forward for, uh, for the pandemic.
1: Yeah, that's great. Well, I, you know, so, so many things that we can point to, for example, our, our community was really early in providing those vaccine clinics. And, I, you know, just, I was on the outside looking in, of course, but, but that could not have happened without a private and public partnership that Northside helped lead with our community's. Emergency services and, and, and county and 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 city, support and the health department and the health department. That's right. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, I, it's just a, a, it that didn't happen in every community, and uh, right. I, uh, and, and we are all grateful for it because it did it put us in a different place than, than many other uh, communities. So, but I'm, I'm also, you know, very grateful that uh, Northside's been the, uh, uh, the the greatest private partner to the chamber over the, those 20 years. And uh, you know, not every hospital across the country views themselves as in the way that Northside does. And so uh, why does Northside choose to, to make that partnership a priority and, and why, you know, from, from your standpoint, why is that partnership with the business community so important?
2: Well, you know, first I'd say James that, you know, because Northside Forsyth is the largest private employer in the County and therefore important issues for the chamber are important issues for our hospital too. Um, Issues like workforce development, quality education, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, economic development. I mean, let's look at that for a minute. The role that hospitals and health systems play in providing health care to their communities, though vital, is only really a part of our story. Most people, you know, don't think about the fact that healthcare care plays a key role in the economy of a community. So with the pandemic devastating many local economies, hospital and health systems have actually been economic pillars. That kind of created jobs and they purchased goods and services from others in the community. We're a business, not only our hospital, but also the individual practices that work with us that provide vital jobs, as we've learned, even in a tough economy. So, um, you know, the goods and services that hospitals purchase from other businesses create additional economic value for the community. And we call that kind of the ripple effect. And if we add in the ripple effect, the American Hospital Association actually calculates that each hospital job supports nearly two additional jobs and that every dollar spent by hospitals supports $2.30 of additional business activity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you can imagine kind of what that looks like. But now back to, you know, sort of your original question of why are we such big supporters of the chamber? And it's really been our experience that the Chamber helps us get the message out about our facility and the specialty care we provide. In collaboration with the Chamber, we co-host networking groups for business development. We host fitness events like the annual Boulder Dash. We support the Forsyth County Healthcare Association to assist those that are in the healthcare industry to network and build better business and personal relationships and I would say that most of all, we know we have a friend in the chamber, a group of dedicated professionals who help to promote our business, support our growth, and focus on a bright future for our entire community.
1: Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And and I would add uh, one more to that, and that is, you know, one of the, the measures of a community is how well it takes care of its own. And, and uh, Northside uh, is um, – a stellar example world-class example of a institution that's doing a world-class job and the measures point that out too Mm -hmm. i mean all all of those those measures so so it makes it that much easier for the business community to take notice and and you know it's one of the reasons we're our commercial uh, uh 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 Tax base is growing so much, and, and, and so much. Uh, we're experiencing that, that job growth as well. Well, and, and speaking of that sort of thing, so let's let's look a little bit to the future. Um, and of course, Forsyth County is still still growing, and 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 all signs are are, are positive for us in the future. But um, and and of course, Northside is is still growing as well. So, what's on the horizon for Northside?
2: Well, we're currently renovating our cardiac cath labs to state-of-the-art technology, and we have plans in the near future, very near future, to do a similar renovation in our interventional car radiology suites. In those kind of areas, there's a lot of constant change in technology, and so we really have to be on top of that on a regular basis. So we're working on those areas. We're also renovating our emergency room and our emergency department with new monitors, new exam lights, and new flooring. And um, we look forward to adding additional patient care space in the near future to our emergency department. In addition, we're also working with a group of consultants to create a 10- to 20-year master plan that will guide our growth as we continue to provide you know, a full range, as you're talking about, of you know, world-class services to this growing community. It's going to take a great plan to get us there. So we're working with some consultants to kind of help us figure out what's the best way to get from where we are now to where we want to be you know, in 20, 20 or 30 more years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, well, and that's actually that leads into my, my next question and in, in looking out at 20 years, I mean, other than you celebrating 40 plus years of being at Northside <laughs> hospital and one of the longest serving employees at Northside hospital beyond that, when you look at 20 years from now, what is it, what is, what does it look like? I, I it's, it's, I, I if you had asked me when I moved here 18 years ago what it would look like today, I could not have fully appreciated where we are. And I think about that in the future. Like, So where, where do you, longer term, where do you see
2: that? Well, you know, it's funny when we look at the future and we we try to think like how can we plant a seed that will grow, you know, to be the shade that we'll sit in in 20 years, literally. We um, kind of think about... Things like, uh, you know, we hide little Easter eggs, at least I call them that because I think that, you know, when we built our surgical tower, for instance, we put 10 buttons in the elevator because we only had three floors. So people were kind of like, why in the world are all (laughs) these buttons in here? But, you know, it was the seed that I wanted to plant in people's mind that said, someday we're going to be bigger. You know, Mm. we're going to, we're going to fill up every one of those buttons and people used to laugh they're not laughing now James yeah. but anyway yeah. Um, yeah yeah that's right but yeah. i think that the future of healthcare is really shaping up in front of our eyes with medical science advances like in digital healthcare technologies like artificial intelligence and virtual reality 3d printing robotics nanotechnology all of that is happening and there'll be more widespread use of robotics for precision safety and dependability definitely And more procedures and services are going to be moving to the outpatient setting. And I believe our hospital is going to be part of all of those changes. But as we develop and grow with the community, we're going to continue to find ways to help people live a healthier and longer life. And with more focus on wellness activities like especially those that are designed to support patients with chronic conditions like congestive heart failure, degenerative joint disease, and pulmonary disease. In addition, I think we're going to continue to work with our post-acute partners to kind of bridge the care between episodes of illness with the goal that people would live a healthier and longer life. But I think if we talk about the hospital itself, I think we'll likely be over 500 beds with a vast array of advanced services and a wide range of outpatient facilities scattered throughout our region, which allow easy access to care. Um, And I think that definitely we'll see the use of telemedicine to be widespread and assist patients in ease of access to prevent conditions from going worse or to help facilities, um, you know, get consultations for multiple providers simultaneously to coordinate care. So I think we'll definitely see a lot of electronic use of devices and leverage kind of what we're seeing now to even better than we can imagine.
1: Very good. Very good. All right. Well, I'm, I want to switch gears for us as we close this out, because one of the things that we try to do is, is not just, not just talk about the institutions and the organizations, but the people behind them. And, um, I'm hoping, uh, that that you might be willing to talk about yourself a little bit here. So, Lynn, if you would talk a little bit about, um, kind of your, your earliest life, where you grew up and, and what brought you into healthcare, and what brought you into this role in healthcare, being the, the chief operating officer?
2: Well James it's a um, it's sort of a story of somebody who really found a passion early in life. Um, I grew up over in Decatur area actually I've been in metro Atlanta almost my whole life and um, I uh, was actually um, kind of a caregiver from the very beginning. My, I had a very ill mother for most of my life. She died when I was 16 but before that, I had taken care of her a good bit, and uh, I had the opportunity even to be a you know a candy striper, which for most people yeah. in this generation that would be a teenage volunteer. <laughs> but um, we uh, when I first stepped into um, Decab General Hospital to be a candy striper my very first day and I was 14 years old, I remember distinctly walking in there and thinking to myself, "These are my people. <laughs> this is where I need to be. And, uh, you know, I kind of carried with me the desire to be a nurse, to be a care provider. And so I um, got through college and, you know, decided I was, you know, only going to apply to one place. And that was the Medical College of Georgia. So Mm -hmm. I could get into the RN program. And sure enough, I did that and got my degree and. I became a nurse, which was just a dream come true for me. And I've gotten to do lots of different kinds of nursing. Um, I've been a bedside nurse. I've been in an ER. I've been in ORs. I've worked critical care for many years. And so I got a good glimpse at, you know, what was going on in healthcare at the bedside. But I kept asking myself, why can't we do it better? What could we change? And so I ended up kind of, and I'm probably a little bossy, so I always ended up kind of being a manager (laughs) And uh, it got me thinking about the people that lead hospitals and people who make decisions about patients. What were their credentials? Yeah. And uh, when I looked at who was making decisions, it was a lot of members of boards, and many of them did not know anything about healthcare. So I thought, well, you know, I can probably learn to count. I don't know if they'll ever learn to nurse, so I think I might have a little leg up there. So I um, got my master's degree in healthcare administration and began to look at different kinds of roles. And I became the uh, vice president of nursing at George Baptist Medical Center uh, downtown and had a great role doing that. And then I had the opportunity to go to a smaller hospital down in uh, uh, Merriweather, Georgia, down in Warm Springs to become their hospital and nursing home administrator. So it was my first real role as a hospital administrator. But I really loved it. I got to do when you're a hospital administrator at a very small hospital and nursing home, you get to do literally everything. (laughs) Uh, So I literally did just about everything there and uh, got a lot of experience and then had the opportunity to uh, join uh, this campus here in its Mm -hmm. very early stages, um, just right after it opened. And so coming here as I actually came as the assistant administrator and chief nursing officer. And then I Quickly moved up to become the administrator in two thousand one, and it's a position I've held proudly ever since. And um, transitioned over to work with Northside twenty years ago, which was been a just a wonderful experience. Everything that Northside has promised to this community, they have certainly mm, delivered yeah. on, and so they're a pleasure to work with, and they've been a great employer. But not only that, I just we've had great staff, great physicians, and the honor has been to get to be in a place where. Things have changed so dramatically for the better, and we can really provide the services and, you know, all the things that people need so that their care and can be close to home, but they can get good care close to home. And so it's been a dream come true for me, truly, over my lifetime of being able to be in healthcare. I do hope that I'll last another 20 years to see what's going to happen. I'm excited about the future. Um. You know, I've been fortunate enough. We we deal with a lot of students um, that come to us. Uh, you know, anticipating healthcare careers, and I, I tell them all the time. You know, keep that passion because it will it will literally. You know, I am evidence that you can carry a passion for what you do your whole life, and it will definitely pay out in you know dividends over time because you get to really enjoy your career, which I have definitely enjoyed here. And uh, it's my pleasure to be here today with you. I never thought I'd be doing a podcast, actually. So here I am.
1: <laughs> well, we, we are more grateful. Um, you know, I, I, when I drive around the community, I, I think all the time about how many people likely go into that hospital, have a great experience, and have no real idea why. You know, they don't have a full appreciation of that. And uh, I, I feel so privileged to get to peek behind the curtain and know why. And you are the, the reason uh, for why. And uh, this community has uh, an enormous debt of gratitude to you and the Northside Hospital. And uh, I, I just can't thank you enough and thank you for um, – and, and, and more than just Northside – For for those uh, folks listening, and Lynn serves uh, has served uh, as the board chair for I think just about every nonprofit organization in this county, and every one of them has benefited. Uh, from it. And and I know because I've had the honor of on a handful uh, serving alongside of Lynn on the board and get to see that firsthand. So uh, thank you for everything certainly you've done for the chamber, but this community and and we all owe you a huge debt of gratitude and everyone at Northside Hospital. um, We we literally cannot thank you enough um, and just appreciate the, the last 20 years and look forward to 20, and, and hopefully 60, 70, and 100
2: years beyond that. So thank, thank you. Thank you so much, James.
0: Thank you, James and Lynn, for joining us today. For those listening that would like to learn more about the happenings of the Forsyth Chamber of Commerce or the Healthcare Association that Lynn mentioned, subscribe to FOCO Talks on your favorite podcast platform and stay connected with us on social media. And if you would like to learn more about the Chamber or become a member of the Chamber, um, visit focochamber.org. For today, I'm your host, Laura Stewart, and this has been FOCO Talks on Forsyth Business Radio X we